You're listening to Season 1, Episode 3 of Just Gals Being Pals, a Xena celebration. I'm your host, Bob. And I am your host, Spicy Caitlin. And today, we're going to be talking about the episode Dreamworker, which I keep wanting to say Dreamweaver Me too. instead. <laughs> I was like singing Dreamweaver earlier. <laughs> yeah, we got a, lot, got a lot, a lot of good stuff here. Some dream stuff, some creepy old man stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Classic. <laughs> some evil Xena stuff. That's the best part. Anyway, you want to uh, tell us what happens in the episode yeah. Dreamworker. I'll tell you all about those dreams please do how we work them so we open on gabrielle having the most adorable sword fight with a stump we've ever seen before xena gives her a heartfelt lecture about wisdom before weapons they are immediately attacked so xena gets to say i told you so when gabby picks up a sword and gets swamped with dangerous npcs while xena dispatches the npcs we get some creepy motherfuckers hiding behind a bush oogling gabby Despite this trouble, the two make it to town, where everyone comments cryptically about Gabby and Morpheus, god of dreams. Gabby continues to ignore Xena's advice about running before fighting and buys herself a boob knife. But her boobs are not strong enough to hold it up, so Xena puts it in her buff boobs instead. Around town, we learn that there's some discrimination against mystics going on, and that for some reason, every solstice, the town sends their young women away to party by the river. All of this leads us to not be surprised when Gabby goes missing after a quick and dirty attack on the town. Gabby finds herself in a fancy fantasy gown in some weird bedroom with robed dudes. She's to be Morpheus's bride, and she is not pleased, especially when she learns she's supposed to fight her way to the wedding. Luckily, Xena is coming for her, finding a former mystic dude and just asking him questions. Super easy. Maybe the villagers should have thought of that at some point when their kids went missing. He just spills the beans about some blood innocence shit, which is a very lame way to describe that he or Gabby has not lost her murder virginity. The former mystic dude helps Xena travel to Morpheus land via some doped up dreams. And then for really stupid reasons, rubs fucking oil all over her repeatedly while she dream travels. Mm. He gives her a ton of really generic advice and then tells her not to worry. He's a gentleman. Well, now I'm fucking worried. (laughs) So Xena trips balls in a dream that makes me think of Vulcan architecture, but she's wearing a pretty kimono thing and warrior dudes are yelling at her and chanting her name. Ladies are crying. It's your classic random dream shit sequence. She gets guilt tripped about her past while all these specters of her past try to make her do dream murder, but she screams into the phantoms that I'm not her anymore and dramatically breaks her sword, winning the minigame. Meanwhile, Morpheus sends dudes after the former mystic and Xena's oily body, but he moves her and keeps oiling her to keep her safe and moist. But don't worry, he's a gentleman. Gabby remains in the material plane facing her first challenge, as she is given a sword and sent down a rave hallway with instructions to murder, death, kill. Instead, Gabby takes Xena's advice from earlier and tricks the two enemies into killing each other. They send her off to bed where she dreams herself into Xena's dreamscape or something, and they get to chit-chat a bit before the next challenge. Xena tells her, whatever you do, don't kill any dudes or you will lose your murder virginity and be sacrificed to Morpheus who's into that shit. 
On her second challenge, Gabby is sent into a cave with a campfire in the middle where she is attacked by several dudes. She shows off her wickedly silver tongue by talking the dudes into fighting for the right to fight her, leaving one last dude. She's saved from the one last dude by some kind of freak steam action. As Xena runs around in a kimono to save her, she learns to use her dream powers to make the murder ghosts go away and haunt her no more, except one last haunt, the ghost of Xena's past. We get to see a black-eyed Xena in armor talk to a blue-eyed Xena in a kimono, and it's too much pretty for one screen. Mm. Back in the real world, Gabby faces her third test, some kind of cattle shoot prodding her towards an enemy soldier to fight. It's really lame. As she inches towards him, Ghost Xena fights Kimono Xena until Kimono Xena learns that she must embrace her former identity to navigate the dreamscape. She busts out of her kimono into Gabby's scene where she hacks and slashes all of the baddies, save for one who Gabby punches out. After they escape the clutches of Morpheus, Gabby and Xena take a girl's moment at the lake, where Xena throws rocks and makes metaphors, and Gabby learns that maybe she doesn't want to be a warrior. Aww. The end. <laughs> I feel like I should point out that when she busts out of her kimono into Gabby's scene, that she is in her armor again. Yes. And not just naked. <laughs> Correct. That would be really cool, though. <laughs> I would support that nudity scene. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she uh, she goes from being kimono Xena to like, I don't know, it, her body disappears from the other scene where they're about to hack her head off. And then she's physically in the dream or no, she traveled through she, the dream to yes. make her physical body move from one place to when she teleported. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. She teleported. But she went really from slow. the creepy oil dude yes. into what's his head's temple. Yes. And she was all in her armor. Morpheus. and no longer fighting in her kimono, right. which was sad because I really liked that <laughs> costume. It was good. Yeah. It's it like a really pretty dark purple and light mm-hmm. purple. Yeah. <laughs> kimono. Had like some layers and then like a silver waist sash. Right. Um, and there's a scene, oh, yeah. the scene where she's it was on. oddly shiny though. It yeah. almost looked like saran wrap around her yeah. waist. <laughs> it was really shiny. I was, I kept staring at it trying to figure out like what was happening, but it was pretty. So I didn't care too much anyway. <laughs> There's a scene, though, where she's sitting on Gabby's bed in Gabby's dream, and, like, the lighting is really purple, and it makes her hair look a little purpley, too, mm. and it's just, it's so pretty. They just look so pretty, just sitting in their little dresses, sitting right. on a bed, hanging out, in their purple lighting. So good. Yeah, it's very soft look for them. There's, like, a lot of dream sequence stuff with sheets hanging yeah. from the ceiling yep. as partitions mm-hmm. or nets. <laughs> yeah, it re- reminds me of, you know, when they do like themed dances at like a high school and they decorate a gym with a bunch of just like weird <laughs> shit to try to cover up the basketball hoop and uh-huh. the lines on the floor. Yeah. Perfect. It was like that. <laughs> and it's just like random nets in just about every scene. There's a lot of netting. Gabby almost got put in a net too. Oh, yeah. There was the, the one soldier, not soldier. I don't yeah, know. Are I don't, they soldiers? He, he seems soldier. I don't Morpheus know. Like, has soldiers? I guess, yeah. Are they like, dream soldiers? A are warrior they real? of the dream escape? I don't even know. I don't. One of those fellows had yeah. a net. <laughs> One of those headdress guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell us about those. There were some big headdresses in this. I'm really, like, this show has made me pay attention to what people put on their head more than anything else. And so I really... I'm into what people put on their heads in the show. And their headdresses are huge. Morpheus is fighter dudes. And they've got these huge ram horns. Because I think, he is he a ram or something? He's There's a big ram head thing in the 
candle room. I guess um, it has something to do with Morpheus. I yeah. I didn't research him. Very Me neither. Much, so. um, but they seem to have that reoccurring motif or whatever. And so they all have these huge ram horns and like furs and things like all their headdresses are huge. And then they're wearing these short little man skirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, you know, like all the fabrics on the top half of their costume and they had it's looked like they're going to fall over but we're still continuing this trend of let's grab some stuff mm-hmm. and some straps and strap it on yeah how your much head or how <laughs> other much fabric can we strap to your head before <laughs> it falls off because it was it was many pounds i'm sure of mm-hmm. things were on these people's heads but anyway it was it was pretty funny they definitely had to strap it on it would have fallen off they all had like chin straps <laughs> So many leather straps in this show. Yeah. I guess it's really how they differentiate between like all the various NPCs. Like, you know, mm-hmm. those ones are clearly all Morpheuses because they have the matching weird head shit. Right. And that's but not you... quite matchy. They're all individual. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Custom, but not too in the same Along the same theme. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So at the very beginning, when uh, Gabby is fighting the tree. Um, mm, it's so cute. <laughs> We get a a rules of survival lesson from Zena. So we got four rules. If you can run, run. Two, if you can't run, surrender and then run. Three, if you're outnumbered, let them fight each other while you run. Four, talk your way out of it. (laughs) I think that one's specifically for Gabby. (laughs) Yep. These are Gabby's rules to survival. And we get to see them all kind of acted out. Yeah. Every single one of the four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a different little uh, challenge that Gabby gets in the temple. Yeah. And she gets to use them all. Except it doesn't include number five, which is have a best friend named Xena. Oh, right. Who will sacrifice anything to save your ass. Because that's really what number five is. Which is pretty amazing. This is only episode three. And she's already like, yeah, I'm going to go fucking save Gabby. Mm-hmm. I almost wanted to pick kind of that as my gals being pals moment, but I don't know that we get, I think it's all like stuff I read between the lines, you know, but mm-hmm. when I saw this episode, I was like, man, she's like the second Gabby goes missing. She's just like, who do I need to punch in the face to find out where my friend is? <laughs> and then when she, when blind dude is like spilling the beans and telling her everything that everybody else probably could have learned really easily up until now, he tells her like oh you have to do this and you might die and blah 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 and she's just like sign me up pour oil on me i don't give a fuck <laughs> like she just dives right in she's so. very into it yeah yeah i mean we're used to seeing her be super brave but i think it's just like a good moment where we get to acknowledge that she cares a lot for gabby even though she tries to pretend she's cool about it mm-hmm. she loves her in her heart i'm just surprised that it's this early in the season that it's like something this intense mm-hmm. that she has to sacrifice so much you know, going into the dream world, letting this creepy guy pour oil on her. Yeah. Maybe get stabbed by somebody while she's passed out. Right. <laughs> Not able to protect her real human body. Yeah. But we get a fun demonstration. I mean, we've we've gotten it kind of in, in tidbits up until now. But we do get a fun demonstration of Gabby's, I guess, the angle of her character. Mm-hmm. Like they point at it a lot in this episode. And so I think that's fun of just like her silver tongue and... Just like the way she talked herself out of the mm-hmm. Cyclops' basket thing. and Right. Yeah. After last week's episode where she hardly did anything. Yeah. She just hung out at the bar the entire time. It's really nice to see her take a huge role in yeah. this one. And she saves herself really well in a way that is 
she's scared, but she's not like she's trying to do something and she's not just like tripping over something silly and then they stab each other. Like she she intentionally right. sets the trap and then is able to trick them into killing each other. And so I think it's fun that they did did it that way where she had the she had control over it and she had intention behind it. Yeah. The steam knife. Yeah, that one. Was a little different. <laughs> that one was some fucking weird luck <laughs> and defied all the physics of both the real world and the magical realm. Right. It's like all of the rocks in that room are hollow and filled with filled steam. Filled with steam. They could blow at any time. <laughs> and I think that's actually my best stunt is the knife because I was just so impressed. (laughs) And when I saw that scene the first time, I was like watching the action scene. I'm like, why did they zoom in on that knife going into a rock? Also, why did that knife go into a rock? And then when it comes shooting out, I was just like, what the fuck just happened? That did not make any sense. And then I watched it several more times and it just got better every time. That's some buck wild stunt for a knife to do. (laughs) It went into a rock and then was steam powered out of the rock Mm -hmm. into like the heart of a dude. Like it went through his back, like right where his heart would be. And then he just insta died. Yeah. That's some good fucking luck. And then he fell into the fire pit. Yeah. Saving Gabby. That's right. Good knife. Would it have counted for her, for Gabby, if Gabby had set it up? She didn't actually like touch the knife when it killed him. I don't know. Like, what if she threw it into the rock and then it popped out? Right. Then would it be her fault? And then she lost her blood virginity or her murder virginity? I guess it's a lot of about the intention. Yeah. She didn't try to kill him. Yeah. She just tried to not it's die. It's only manslaughter. It's right? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is getting complicated. <laughs> I don't know what Morpheus's rules are, so. Right. I don't know what the rules are around murder virginity. They talked about blood innocence a lot in this episode. Yeah. How do you feel about that term? It sounds like periods. <laughs> it sounds like menstruation. Like they're talking about her starting her period. Do you think there's some sort of metaphor going on there? I don't know. If if I there, feel like there doesn't need to be, but No, I no, I think I think there it's just silly writers, but maybe they should have said that out loud to us some females several times. <laughs> Yeah, because they use it it. throughout, like, the next at least four seasons. Yeah. And every time, like, there's a way cooler way to say that that doesn't sound like periods. What is that? I don't know, but we can figure it out. (laughs) I like murder virginity, but... That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it just makes me laugh, I guess, Mm because... I mean, it's also black and white. I guess that's why it's so funny, because, like... The way Xena spills it out is like, you can't pick up a sword because that'll make you a target. You can't use violence and like you shouldn't mm-hmm. try to, you know, hurt people. You should just try to get away. But like if people die on their own trying to chase you, don't even feel bad about it. Just don't even fucking worry. If they trip and die <laughs> or whatever, you know, because a bunch of people died, you know, oh, yeah. battles with uh, Gabby. A lot of people. But like a lot of people died in this episode. Yeah. But everything's kind of so black and white in this world that it's just like, if you did not kill them with your hand, then then you're fine. I do like that when she's she's fighting, there's a at some point she grabs a spear mm-hmm. and like the the dude that's trying to make her uh what is it? Spill spill her blood innocence? That's not the right <laughs> yeah, I word. I don't even know. <laughs> but he's like, Yes, yes. Yeah. Draw blood, kill them. And she immediately like breaks the tip off the spear. Mm-hmm. So this should now she just has a staff. And then she pole vaults. Yeah. Which is cool. Over the fire pit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive. I love that she's like she's working through that as well. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, how can I defend myself without 
spilling blood. Yeah, I like it because it makes it a little bit less obvious. And it points out that like, and I think Xena's trying to say this too, like the sword is the easy answer. And she, she thinks she's already said this in the earlier in the series. Right. We are early in the series, but we've covered a lot of things so far already. <laughs> said that, you know, people are too quick to draw their swords. So we're, I mean, we're going to see that theme like throughout all the seasons. But I think it's an interesting concept for us to talk about right now that people are too quick to draw their swords. Mm-hmm. And instead of using whatever other faculties you have, there's like this immediate defensiveness of like, I have to immediately defend my life when there are opportunities to do other things or evade or engage with them in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little deep for me <laughs> when I look at it too real yes people are drawing their swords too (laughs) soon but you know that's real life man yeah it is let's back up out of the temple for a minute i was really amused when the highwaymen attack them early on that they come up and and see the sword and they're like only one person carries a sword like this i know who you are you must be xena warrior princess right i don't know her sword seems Super generic. (laughs) Like, there's nothing exciting about the blade. The Mm -hmm. handle is just like sturdy looking, but it's Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not ornate. Like, yeah, it's got like one little jewel mm -hmm. in it, but that's it. It's like just one. It's not very ornate at all. Yeah, it's not like she has like a like a motif carved into it or anything. Like, it's just kind of funny. I would think that line would work better if they were talking about her chakram because then it's like, yeah. oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, nobody else does have that. <laughs> but that was pretty funny. It makes me wonder if they're going to add more to her sword later on, but I don't remember her sword getting any or- more do. ornate. Yeah, I mean, the chakram gets more ornate mm-hmm. because she breaks it and has to make remake a new balanced one. I can't remember exactly what the reasoning is, but anyway, it changes. But Forge. the sword, I think, stays the same. Forge a chakram. That's right. And then the breast dagger. (laughs) That seems an uncomfortable and or dangerous place to put a dagger. Does. (laughs) I don't think I would want a dagger betwixt my boobs. No. No. I don't think it would work well for me. I think I would get like some chafing at the very least. Right? And there's no sheath. It's just a knife that's the part that like yeah it's like, just a knife that's in it. and when it drops out of gabrielle's dress it just falls on the floor like did it cut her on the way down I know. Is she okay <laughs> and then, yeah it didn't seem to like cut her dress open or anything <laughs> uh, and then xena just stuffs it into her boobs and i'm like that definitely sliced you both of the girls open <laughs> unless it is very dull right maybe it's like only tipped it has no it's <laughs> dull on the sides or something it's only tipped that was actually my uh, just gals being pals moment <laughs> is uh, when Xena says, I'll, I'll keep this for the time being. Gabby laughs and says, oh, it's not like your breasts aren't dangerous enough. <laughs> that that was a joke. You can laugh. <laughs> I'm not just awkwardly hitting on you. Uh, <laughs> that's so cute, Gabby. We know you're hitting on me. <laughs> We know what you want. My quote is actually right before that scene, too. Oh, yes. What's the matter with you? What do you mean? I don't know. You just seem bigger. (laughs) No, I'm not. Just this mountain air. I feel motivated. You didn't find a sorcerer to enhance your motives, did you? No. Did you get over it? I love their, their back and forth about 
boobs without talking about boobs. And I I love uh, the way that Gabby talks about the fresh mountain air. She just she feels so motivated mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> motivated is is I guess code for she's like code for big boobs. And she yeah she's standing she's very like, like leaning back trying not to let the dagger out. fall out. Yeah yeah it's very it reminds me of like you know when you see like teenage girls like trying to strut their stuff before mm-hmm. they really have stuff to strut. It reminds me of that. Hmm. I'm just like, oh, Gabby, just wait till you get a costume change. Then you'll have stuff to strut. Mm-hmm. She puts on that little, that little grain top. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Here's a, yeah. <laughs> There's some weird stuff. I was watching some of the um, commentary stuff on the episodes. Mm-hmm recently and there's like her talking about that and there's like actually two versions of the green top because it like it gets smaller <laughs> over time that makes sense yeah. i actually was watching season two and thinking that like has her shirt shrunk i don't remember seeing i feel like it was a little bit of midriff and then it was all midriff yep yeah anyway we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> she looks great in it though i love that she's trying to talk her way out of you know once she gets kidnapped like oh you're gonna become morpheus's bride it's like, uh, but I'm I'm not a good housewife, and I'm I'm terrible at cooking. And have you seen my hips? <laughs> There's no way these are going to be birthing. But I love the moment where it's, uh, oh, Morpheus doesn't care about any of that. And it's like, what what does he care about? I have lots of faults. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Like, I'm I'm sure I could come up with lots of reasons why he doesn't want me as his bride. <laughs> but really, it seems like so his bridal thing is like a you die, right? I guess so. Like, do you go to Godland and hang out with him after you die, maybe? Maybe that's the notion. <laughs> maybe. But, but I, my understanding was like, you becoming the bride means that you die. I feel like that's what they're going for. Okay. Because they're trying to make it absolutely impossible to get to the end of the challenges without spilling blood. Yeah. And then the consequences of that are being sacrificed to Morpheus. Yeah. I mean, she made it all the way through. but She didn't have to be Morpheus's bride. I wonder if there actually is a, a Morpheus's bride thing. If you actually do yeah. make it all the way through, or if it's just a, a ruse to try and get yeah them to kill someone. Yeah, probably that. Probably be because Morpheus is like you know just like Ares, like he's not in this plane or whatever, and mm-hmm. just hanging out. But then he comes to visit just to be weird and creep around. <laughs> all the gods are creepy. <laughs> they they really are. They're creepy. They're pretty misogynistic. Yeah. They just want to come down off of Mount Olympus. Mm-hmm. Screw a few ladies. They always want you to help them, but they never want to help you. Right? It's really not. So rude. Fair. But I guess it's not fair that we're not gods either. I mean, or are we? Hmm. <laughs> so Xena heads after her, gets the old man to squeeze oil on her dress. Fuck, Fuck that guy. <laughs> In the scenes where he's like squeezing oil on her, it's like it's supposed to be soaking into her skin, right? Because that keeps her in the dream world somehow. But it's just all over her costume. But he, he just keeps pouring it on her leather dress. And he's just so gross and weird about it. I don't like yeah. that actor really at all, but I just the character is awful and the writing is awful. Everything he says is creepy. Yeah. And then at the end, I why the fuck does he get his vision back? Like, what's the deal? I don't uh, think I understood that piece. Mm-hmm. He comes back and he's all like, Dressed in the outfit of the evil guy. And they're like, yeah, we get to worship our gods in a not evil way now. And he's got some staff full of feathers. And he's like, I got my vision back. No explanation. 
Like, was he just cursed by the baddies? Maybe they said it at the beginning and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no, I've watched that episode four times now, <laughs> and very recently, and yeah. they do not say it. I looked. I tried. All right. And I was like, did they cut a scene? Like, fucking tell me what's happening with this guy's goddamn eyes. Right. Why did you make him blind? Because they make him sympathetic at the beginning because yeah. he's blind and like Xena, the the shopkeeper is really rude to him because he used to be the head priest and, mm-hmm. you know, sacrificing girls from the village and all that. And, but Xena's like, no, I, if you're not going to sell him a halter, I'll buy it. And then, you know, just like anonymously right. gives it to the guy. We kind of assume that that creepy robed guy was the one behind all of this but they don't really explain like at what point they started sacrificing girls. <laughs> Cause like it, I mean, they continue to worship these same deities. These are their deities to worship. It's just like they were doing it in a corrupted way. I don't know. They don't really clarify anything about that timeline or anything, Yeah, but not super clear, but I guess now they're going to keep worshiping their dream gods, but in a non creepy way and without the girls sacrificing business. Is my one, assumption. One would hope. <laughs> Just assuming. So when she's in there, she's got to not go up against, but kind of haunted by the people that she's killed in the past and, and her old soldiers and and eventually herself. And when she goes up against herself, the so there's she's the real Xena is in the kimono, evil Xena is in her armor, but also has these like black like full black scleral contacts. So she has like shark eyes, Mm -hmm. which is creepy and sexy at the same time. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. And just seeing her, you know, I'm, I'm part of you. All of these things that, uh, you know, got you to where you are now is because of me. They eventually get to the point where she realized, Oh yeah, you're the key to all of my nightmares and shit. But also that means you're part of me. So I have control over you Mm -hmm. and gets to, do this. This is my my best stunt. <laughs> she grabs her by the arm and like swings her around in a circle and crashes her through the door. Yes. And that's when she leaps into the temple and out of the dream world. But just just that wrestling move. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> She's got. That was, was good. Is there a name for that? I don't know. Probably. I'm not all up on the wrestling uh, lingo. Yeah, me neither. But it definitely looks like a wrestling move or like something you see small children do when they're trying to like beat each other up without having any knowledge of how to beat each other. <laughs> and they just I'll like just grab your hand and spin you in a circle. Yeah, yeah. It was super silly and like literally throws her through the door, like the dream door. Right. Literally exploding <laughs> into, I don't know, the material plane. I don't know what else to call it. The real world. Yeah. Quote unquote Those real world. Yeah. Material plane. I like that. Yeah. This is all just, it's all D&D for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's D all the way down. I do have to call out best costume for Xena's kimono because yeah. Oh my god, it was just so pretty. It was so pretty. It didn't look cheesy or anything to me. It just looked beautiful. She looked beautiful in it. I really liked the fit of it, and I like the. I don't even know how to exactly describe what she was wearing, but she had that more fitted shiny bodice thing underneath mm-hmm. with the rappy rappy on the stomach, and then she had it was almost like a lavender colored lacy thing over that that had these sleeves that were just like three feet long sleeves they were so cool and you really kind of see it you see the sleeves a lot when she's in the bedroom scene with gabby Mm -hmm. Um, and it's oh man it's it's just gorgeous i want the whole outfit on me but (laughs) just it looks so beautiful (laughs) on her and Mm -hmm. we don't see her in that type of clothing very often and so 
it was just cool to see her running around in that. There was another a scene, I think it's right at the end of after she breaks her sword on the ground after screaming at the phantoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she runs out of that scene, she kind of picks up her skirts and runs and you see just oh, all yeah. this fabric swooshing right? around and her legs kind of peeking out. It's just, it's pretty. It just seems like some sort of uh, like a gothic romance mm-hmm. scene where like, you know, <laughs> there's... <laughs> Uh, a Tumblr that I follow that is, was it women with great dresses or women with great hair running away from castles <laughs> <laughs> where it's all just photos or, or you know, like book covers of yeah. that from various novels. It's perfect. Fantastic. It exactly fits yeah. with all of that. Yeah, I love it. Love it. I guess I take it back. She does wear, you know, dresses at weird random times, but sure. they're all like this time fantasy dresses. This was something very different, so I liked it. A yeah, it felt very out of out of place in this world, mm-hmm. more dreamlike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Great... It was very dreamlike. Yeah. Like maybe what she wears to bed, mm. when she's not <laughs> when just she's rolling not. out her bedroll around the fire next to Gabby, <laughs> right, with the horse sleeping on her saddle. I don't think she has any PJs when she's uh no out on the trail, just wearing that leather all all day, every day. Never wearing pants. Fuck pants. <laughs> if there's one thing we've learned during quarantine, it's fuck pants. Fuck pants. Seriously. <laughs> pants, makeup, undergarments. Mm. All going out the window. <laughs> My Just Gals Being Pals moment was the very end of the episode when Gabby is telling Xena that she could return to calmness like the water over time. And they make some jokes and then Xena kind of looks back at the water and, you know, she's totally thinking about the notion, even though there she was just joking about it. She, I think right before that, she's like, I didn't mean anything what I said. I was just saying that for your benefit. And they just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. they joke about it like they're not taking it seriously. But um, she kind of is having this like moment of rooting herself in this lifestyle, I think, and seeing a future for herself of peace. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing her kind of like imagine that for herself in a different way. And it's really sweet. And just the way that they talk to each other in that scene is really sweet. At the beginning of that scene, it's really short, but Zena kind of just walks up to her. And you can tell Gabby has just been like sitting there waiting, thinking, waiting for Zena to come up so she could talk to her about her feelings. <laughs> like, it's just cute. Mm-hmm. I love watching their relationship blossom. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. I do like that that look back too, where it's like they were talking about Throwing a rock into the water is like, you know, there's all this churning and, and rippling, but if you wait long enough, it returns to calm and, you know, that that look back and just kind of seeing it return to calm. and mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I really like it. It's a, it's like a good, easy metaphor that doesn't take it too far for me to wear into dorky land. It's like, yeah, calm water, end it there, walk away. Cool. Yeah. I really like that. That special time after their dreamscape adventure together. And this is definitely the beginning of Gabby's, you know, realization that she can fight without a sword. Because I think we're going to start to see her do that in the next couple episodes where she gets pretty badass with her staff. Right. And does a lot of like non-lethal type fighting, just like defensive, you know, bard style. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Bard style fighting. (laughs) But I love watching that grow, too, because she goes from, you know, being someone who's just desperate to be a warrior to being someone who really is actually pretty damn good at fighting. But she does not consider herself a warrior and she only does it to defend. And she's like doing stomach shots and, you know, smacking people in the head with it, maybe. But that's probably the most aggressive she gets with the staff. Yeah. And that's kind of a dilemma that goes on Mm -hmm. for the rest of the series, Mm -hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Do I want to 
be a warrior and follow Xena? Or, you know, am I going to choose the path of peace or yeah. all of that? I like watching her explore that avenue because it's, it's pretty dynamic. For how black and white this show is, it's dynamic in the way that it looks at Gabby's approach to that kind of aggression and violence. Indeed. Well, next week we've got season one, episode four, Cradle of Hope. So we'll be back for that. You can find all of our back episodes and subscribe to the podcast at justgalsbeingpals.com. We might be on Twitter at JustGalsPod. Right now, uh, Twitter has restricted the account because they think we've violated some term of service when I haven't even posted any tweets. So I don't know what the heck's going on there. We violated it by existing. But you can go to the website. Uh, Instagram is just galspod. So you can go there. And there's contact form on the website if you want to shoot us a note about what you think about the episodes or the podcast or, you know, tell us tell us how good we are. We would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caitlin, say your thing. Everyone take wonderful care of yourselves. And drink lots of water and wear some sun protection. Stay safe out there. I love you. Okay, bye.